Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again in his on three gear is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you doing on this Friday There's morning? Some way. I'm doing Fine well. You're on three gears, Hey, Matthew. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, so we will uh, get into this New Mexico game. Obviously, uh, LSU comes in as a 31 point favorite, and there's not an expectation that they are get a scare here from New Mexico. However, this is a New Mexico team that on paper has some things that interest me going into it that I think will test uh, LSU. But uh, overall, going into this game, I watched the the first half against uh, Boise State where they went down uh, pretty quickly and then where they kept it kind of close. I think it was 10-0 and then they had a blocked punt that was returned for touchdown. They ended up losing that Boise State game 31-14. And New Mexico is now two and one on the season with the win with the win over UTEP coming last week. So overall, I think we can more so talk about what we're expecting to see and what we want to see from LSU, obviously, than you know how this how they match up with New Mexico. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I thought one of my biggest things. I mean, we. We, have, we don't know everything about New Mexico like we do a lot of these other teams. We've kind of just been reading about them and getting a feel for what Kelly says. But the for the gambling people who care about this, keep an eye on that over under the spread. That he Kelly seemed convinced that New Mexico's defense is not one that she's going to go out and drop 50 points on. He I don't know what his stat was, but he said that, you know, across the past two years, nobody scored more than 30-something points on him. So – 
there was a sense that LSU could end up in that range. Like, I think people probably just look at this game, Maddie B, and are like, oh, LSU should win 49 to 7 or whatever. And Kelly said, hey, look, this defense is actually going to be a little bit better than people probably think they are. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking at some advanced stats. Um, I mean, it's public stats, but I was uh, looking at the EPA um, for New Mexico as they where they rank in the country. And offensively, New Mexico ranks 130th in EPA per play. Um, so obviously very, very bad. 127th in the run game, 124th in the pass game. This is out of 131 teams, for those who don't know. But defensively, in their three games against Maine, Boise, and uh, UTEP, and I've seen UTEP, they're not very good, and I watched the Boise game, and Boise is not even that good this year. But regardless, with those three games, they are second in the country against the pass in pass EPA. And I know it's not um, a strong sample size when you get those three teams, but still, they've at least had success in that front. They're holding their opposing quarterbacks to, I believe, 48% passing uh, on the year. So that's at least something we can look at going into this game. Be like, all right, well, let's see Jaden Daniels progress in those areas that we talked about. And uh, that might be even getting too far ahead for this podcast, but Jaden Daniels going against a pass, a defense that has had success against the pass, albeit against lesser competition. That's something I'm interested in. And even, um, you know, in the, in the run game against the run, they're 75th in the country, which isn't terrible. Uh, and then, Again, on a per-play basis, they're top 10, again, against the bad competition that they've played. But still, it's something I think we can at least look forward to seeing. LSU's offense against New Mexico's defense um, early on, I think, is is an interesting point. Yeah, and no Keyshawn Boutte uh, this weekend. Brian Kelly talked about uh, that on Thursday night after practice. He said, hey, look, you won't see him out there. Uh, Keyshawn actually did give – well, his girlfriend gave birth to their first child uh, Thursday night. Keyshawn shared some – as well that to social media if you want to check it out but uh kelly said he excused him gave him the weekend off he's going to be there with family so a chance for us to see the lsu offense sans Butte, which i think a lot of people probably would have liked to see him kind of get going in a game like this at least get yeah. uh into a little bit more of a rhythm with uh jaden daniels but that's all good moving on um he'll be available next week when they go to auburn which is obviously a lot more important um when i look at this one maddie b and you talk about New Mexico's defense being a test and certainly pass wise. Like I'd like to see them look good in this game. I'd like to see Jack Besh get involved in this game. That was something Kelly talked about this week and uh, everyone on the boards talked about what was your takeaway from whether it was on the, I think Kelly talked about it Wednesday on the sec teleconference and then kind of mentioned it again Thursday. It seems to me that they're going to make an emphasis to get him the football because a year ago we've talked about this. He led out, what was did he lead LSU in catches or yards? Receptions, yeah, receptions. Receptions, okay, catches. Uh, he had one catch in the first game, but one catch in the second game, no targets in the third game, uh, and now we're here, we're here in week four. So with Butte off the field, I'd have to think Besh is going to start to get into kind of more of a role this week. Yeah, I mean, he has to. At, at some point, he's too talented, I think, to – to keep off the field. And I know this is a very talented receiver room, but with Boutte out, I would expect Besh to get a significant amount. And it, what made it, what makes it difficult is that he and neighbors often play, you know, the same position in that slot role, but with Boutte out, maybe we see one of them bounce outside on a couple snaps. Maybe we see a little bit more creativity as far as 
where they line up. Um, that's what I'm interested in uh, to see. But I, I wrote about it after the Florida State game that they needed to, they needed Jack Besh to get more involved. And I said that knowing that there were limitations to the passing game with at the time the offensive line being a huge question mark, which I still think it is a question mark. But with the offensive line being a question and then Jay and Daniels ability to throw the ball to be being in question as well. I don't think that's as much as a question going into game four. I think Jaden Daniels is continuing to get more comfortable and to find, um, find the targets. Although obviously we talked about it at length after the game that he missed some guys against Mississippi state. If Jack Besh is out there, I would like to see him targeted a, a few, a few times, at least some of those throws that go to Mason Taylor if they could go to Jack Bash, I'd be very happy. So I wrote about that after the Florida State game, and I still maintain he is a weapon that I think they, they need to start getting more involved here moving forward. Um, you kind of uh, – we, we talked about Kayshawn. Anything else on the injury on the injury front that we need to talk about here? Um, Seven Banks is supposed to be back uh, and good to go. Um, who else am I missing here? Well, and we've heard Quincy Wiggins uh, should be yeah. back, right? You know, that, or at least maybe into more of a role beyond. They talked about putting him on special teams last week. I'm not even sure if he got out there. So mm-hmm. this might be the game where we start to see a little bit more of him. Um, beyond Banks, I mean, it seems that they're healthy. Mason Smith had his ACL surgery this week. So uh, he's on the road to recovery there. Obviously won't be back this season. Um, but it seems like everybody else that like Brian Kelly never mentioned anybody this week uh, as being banged up. Anybody who might've gotten banged up in the last games, you know, Jay Ward, I think people had mentioned others were fine and practicing all week. So yeah, um, yeah I don't, I don't think the injury bug beyond Mason Smith has bitten a much here. So they should be pretty healthy going into this one. I'd, and I'm interested to see seven banks. If he does get out there, the Ohio state transfer who had hip surgery a year ago and, Missed time at Ohio State, has now missed a few games here. So um, kind of I think fans are eagerly awaiting his debut to see if he can just kind of help out in the rotation at corner. Yeah, the the one thing before we move on to maybe like breakout candidates, when when talking about seven banks, I don't remember what player it was. Um, oh, man, it's going to annoy me. I don't think it was Jarek Bernard. Um, but one of the players we talked to, a week ago, and I don't even think it was this uh, past session here, they talked about Seven Banks and getting him back, and they said they feel like they haven't even seen him at 100% yet to this point. Like, they're still they're, – they, he was like, they're excited to see him at 100%, and, but to this point, you know, it's just been him getting back, getting acclimated, getting uh, to to that point where he can play and go all out. So Joe Fusha also will not be uh, playing in this game. They expect to have him back for Auburn. So that'll be a whole different storyline we'll have to watch for is how much he plays, where he plays, where he fits in uh, moving forward. So, um, but I think that covers pretty much everybody. Xavier Hill, you know, we know he's back. I don't expect him to be in that eight-man rotation too much. But other than that, I think that that covers everybody. So um, let's see. I mean, we talked a little bit offensively, what, what, what we're looking forward to against New Mexico. Defensively, is there anything you want to see or is it just – kind of keep it up just keep doing what you're doing at this point you know i'm curious to see what this new mexico offense looks like like they compared it i was reading phil Steele before the year and uh they said it could be kind of similar to coastal carolina's offense which is kind of yeah i could see that a triple option look where uh 
you've got to be smart on D. I think it's, you know, it's a lot like playing in Mississippi State. Brian Kelly talked about that, just like knowing your assignments, being in the right spot, tackling well. Um, let's see. Return their quarterback. So, yeah, they're not going to light the world on fire. I mean, this is a team that went three and nine a year ago, let's be real. Uh, they're not going to yeah. light, the fi- quarterback. light the world on fire on offense. But, yeah, be quarterback and Miles Kendrick. Miles Kendrick uh, play, has started all three games, played all of, of that, was formerly at, at Kansas for, for three years. He's completed. <clears> he got out while the good the getting's good at Kansas right now. Why are you rolling on them? I know. I know. Well, I guess they found their quarterback. They didn't need him. But he is That's mobile. Right. He, ra- he ran around against Boise State a bit. He didn't look like he was a Jaden Daniels-level athlete, but he did move around quite a bit. So, you know, keeping him under wraps will be interesting. But at the end of the day, I – I don't have huge expectations of Miles Kendrick going into this game. So, but it is we've seen several times where a team that is a thirty-point favorite. Heck, we saw Auburn against San Jose State last week, where they were a twenty-three-point favorite, mess around and barely beat San Jose State. And so, there are examples out there. I mean, Georgia or not Georgia, um, Arkansas against Missouri Missouri State last week struggled we've seen plenty of teams struggle with teams of a g a g5 caliber even low g5 caliber so th- that's the big thing in sudden they got off to a fast start mississippi state was back to a slow start florida state was obviously a slow start so what are we getting from lsu in the first quarter here is probably the biggest storyline because if we leave the first quarter and it's seven to three lsu and you know it hasn't been pretty like if Jaden Daniels hasn't thrown the ball as well as we wanted to, or they're not running the ball as well as well as we we think think they should, then it's like okay, this is still a problem to where they're not they're not coming out the gates hot. They're not coming out of the gates looking to put this team away, which is a concern. But um, I, I think that's probably my biggest thing is my and that's probably my only big po- talking point here is how they come out in the first quarter. Yeah, I want to see – I'd like to – everybody would like to see them start fast. I mean, that's just what you got to do in a game like this. Southern was the blueprint for it. I mean, they scored in all three phases in the first quarter. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, the I can't. thing is, The thing is, in that, and this is why, as much as I want to give them credit for coming out fast against Southern, is Southern fumbles the opening kickoff, so they start the ball at like their 10, so it's easy touchdown. Then the pick six, and there was just – there was a lot of things Southern handed them in that no game. So now I want to see if New Mexico plays a clean game, does not turn the ball over and they punt and they force New LSU to go 80 yards, you know, on the first drive of the game, then I want to see LSU go 80 yards on the first drive of the game and sustain a drive, throw the ball well and the offensive line obviously being a talking point, they'll have the same offensive line LSU will in this game as they did in the Mississippi State game, which will be interesting where you go Campbell, Dellinger, Turner, um, Frazier and um, Jones as your offensive line, even with the return of Anthony Bradford, who I think will get significant snaps. Uh, still, that's again, that's that's all we want to see in the first quarter. Is if New Mexico doesn't shoot itself in the foot, can you still be a dominant team? Yeah, as you noted, they're going for. They did three different O line starting combinations the first three games. They're sticking with the one they did in week three, now to week four, which is two true freshmen at the offensive tackle spot. So uh, that was some notable news to come out of the week. Uh, before we get into players, I want to ask you about this because we're talking about starting fast. What's your opinion on Brian Kelly's strategy, which he's implemented now so far this season, and he said I've done in the past, of 
when he wins the toss, he takes the football. So, and most teams, if like if New Mexico wins the toss, they'll probably defer. So more often than not, we're going to watch LSU games where they get the ball first, whether it's by yeah. their choice or by the other team's choice. Your thoughts here? I know there's analytics behind this, I'm sure, but Brian Kelly says the, the numbers tell thing, me that we want to go down and score first. Yeah, that it's so it's so unique because even offensive head coaches, Very, not many people do this. Even offensive head coaches do not take the ball to start the game like it's not precedented at all so yeah and you, you mentioned it brian kelly's whole approach when asked about it i think either before week one or after week one was basically like you look at the numbers and the team who scores first wins the game you know x amount of time and you know the likelihood of winning the game goes up um x amount of time uh, x amount so i'm i'm here like okay that makes sense like on paper, when you just say, hey, if we score first, we have a better chance of winning the game. Yes, but there's a reason why people don't take the ball first. It's because you, you A, you hope you can get a stop and then get a shorter field. You know, if you can force only one first down or get a three and out, you get the ball in like the 40 or the 30 instead of the 20. But also to start the second half in a close game, that matters if, if it's – 10 to 10 at halftime against uh, Auburn next week and Auburn gets the ball first, then you're starting a new game basically where Auburn gets the ball. First. So, um, you know, I, I never thought it was a big deal and I do think it might be, you know, I don't want to make a, a big mountain out of a molehill, so to speak, but it is interesting. I've never, I haven't really heard that very often, maybe from like high school coaches I've talked to, maybe I've seen that, but you know, I wasn't expecting that. Maybe I missed that when he was at Notre Dame. Maybe I just it just went right over my head. But that is that is unique to say the least. We won't go we won't go too deep down the analytics well there. We're going to end up talking about n- no punting ever and going for it on every fourth. Yeah, so we'll skip that. Uh, interesting approach. I'm I'm for the try to score right before halftime and sandwich halftime in between another possession. Right. So like I yeah. could, I would defer to. So, yeah, well, that's another thing is going into half, you can control the clock, you know, you can control who gets the possession, last possession of the half, usually to a degree. And then you can, if you get in the ball, the next half, you know what you have to do. So that's a, it's an interesting point though, but uh, let's, shouldn't let's talk- matter this weekend. So it, let's, it uh, we'll matter. see if it matters down the line. Won't, won't matter. Won't matter. Um, but all right. Breakout candidates, Shay. Uh, you want to do one or let's do two each. Let's okay. Do two each. One, let's go. You want to do one on each side of the ball? Yes. Um, one on each side of the ball. Okay, I'll go with. Hmm. I don't do my homework. For the, I I like this segment. Yeah, to be I, mean, off the I cuff. honestly I didn't either. I but, need this segment to be off the cuff. Uh, well, we've already talked about Chip. But I don't even know if I'm confident that that'll be a breakout. Can- um. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think Brian Thomas has a big game. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I was actually thinking about I think – and when I asked Brian Kelly about him, he, he kind of made it sound like – like he's pretty measured in how he talks about a lot of these guys, almost like when he gets asked about him, if he has to send a message, he does. And with Thomas, it was kind of like he's understanding now that practice week is like grinded out, win your spots, win your reps. And he said he's turned that corner and has kind of really grasped that. And now that's led to him playing more and more. Um, I think just so quietly, like you look at their top four pass catchers, like everyone's talking about Butte the first few weeks. Everyone's talking about neighbors because he, he comes back to games. 
everybody's talking about Bash not being there. Everyone's talking about Mason Taylor <clears throat> as a true freshman kind of eating up carries. Everyone's saying, you know, Dre didn't even get any looks in the Southern game, but he scored two touchdowns for you to kind of save the day at Florida State at the end. No one's talking about Brian Thomas, and he's caught pretty much everything that's been thrown at him. He's scored. His stats look pretty much just like the rest of them. And without Butte out there, I think he gets a little bit more runs. So um, put me down for Brian Thomas. I just think he's such a mismatch, too. Like, his length and his physicality is just something different than anybody else in that room has. I'm such a Brian Thomas fan. There was a time where he was the number two or three receiver in the country coming out of high school. Like, let me fact check real here. It's quick here and see where he ended up. Um, Definitely the most underrated receiver. On this, on this team, uh, he left high school as a top ten receiver. So, talking about a dude who's been this way since Walker High, he was very dominant as a junior. He came on, had a really nice senior year. I think it's just his personality that he's quite. Even signing day for him was like a, the quietest LSU Bama battle you've ever heard of. Like he just didn't make much out of it. So, um, yeah, I, I like. I'll start offense. Let's go offense, offense, defense, defense. I'll yeah. start offense. I like Brian Thomas. I I don't okay. This is like a, he's a breakout candidate, but I, he's also someone I'm just really interested in watching moving forward. It's Mason Taylor because he had one reception last game, I believe, on six targets, um, if I'm not mistaken. And so, and then I you rewatched the game, and I didn't love his run blocking, which I did write a whole story about in in the run game. I just need to see Mason Taylor live up to the hype. To a degree, and I know it's unfair to him because he didn't set this hype for himself. He didn't come out the gates being like, "I am the next Brock Bowers. I am the best tight end <clears throat> Brian Kelly's ever had." No, Brian Kelly said all that. Brian Kelly yeah, set these expectations, and so obviously this is definitely unfair to him. But he is playing a ton. He is on the field for I. I didn't chart snaps, but if I oh his snap him, share is ninety percent. I mean, yeah, he's I was about to say it's eighty-five, ninety percent. He is on the field every play seemingly and so with that being the case you know i want him to develop into that weapon that i'm not saying not that level of weapon you know not brock bowers but to a a weapon that is reliable and not someone who is only catching one pass a game or two passes and then you know struggling in the run game at times i just want to see him develop and see him and i think this could be a game where he makes a few catches and um could potentially get on the board. I don't think he has a touchdown. He doesn't have a touchdown this year, right? So, um, you know, maybe gets on the board and goes from there. All right. I don't mind it. True freshman pick. Uh, defense, I'll go Savion Jones at the end. And I feel like I'm close to being able to make the case that Savion has been as good, if not better at times, than the starter of the position, Ali Gay. And I don't think that means like benching Ali Gay at all. He's a veteran. He's a team captain. He's a handful for offensive linemen to deal with. Yeah. And maybe once you deal with a little bit of Ali Gay and all of a sudden Savion Jones comes in as a backup, it's like, geez, this is a, a lot for an offensive tackle to have to handle. So I just feel like Jones has been really disruptive. He's talked about how he's this offseason, he kind of like really settled in and, and made the jump from you know, St. James and being it's a high level high school football in Louisiana, but making that jump to SEC and college football. And he got last year as a true freshman, his feet went a little, but not, you know, as much run as he gets now. Um, I think he's got great size. I think he fits that. 
hand in the dirt D end role, you know, he can handle that well, whether um, I thought kind of even in the off season, we saw them standing him up some like BJ Ojolari putting his hand in the dirt. I think he could do either natural athlete. Um, I could see him having a big game this weekend uh, just because I, you know, I think they'll have a healthy rotation on the D line. And I think he's sort of hitting the stride where he's playing really good football right now. So Ali Gay might have the better stats at the end of the game. I don't know, but I do like his backup. And I think the more Savion plays, the better you feel about a D-line that lost Mason Smith because you kind of start to see other pieces uh, emerge here as playmakers. I could definitely argue Savion Jones is a better pure pass rusher than Ali Gay. I don't, I'd have to really watch that again because I think it'd be close. But Ali Gay is, you know, obviously a big body. Well, yeah, and Ali Gay is a fifth year senior and. Savion's a sophomore, so oh no, no, for sure. Yeah, even I to be having do. the argument is good for Savion. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So that's that's a good one. I've gone I've gone back and forth here. I I don't hundred percent know who I want to take here. I think give give me a. Are you gonna go give me weeks? a linebacker? Give give me a linebacker. I'm uh I'm not gonna Are take you going weeks. Up. I'm not going weeks. I'm not going weeks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Penn. I'm gonna stick with Penn. I think Penn has a good game. Um, obviously, ba- Baskerville has got a lot of talk. I think Jones is getting a little bit lost in the shuffle at this point. Okay, so uh, yeah, where are you at right there? Because those are your starters, Jones and Penn. You picked a starter and Penn. Yes. It just seems like if you're like taking the temperature of the fan base, they're convinced that the backups are all better than the starters. Here's like, the thing. Where are you, I I believe Baskerville in his role is the best linebacker as far as when you put him in a dime package or even when you put him in the nickel a couple times against a pass. I think he's the best at pass coverage, which is obviously a huge deal oh, in this day and age where you're playing the Mississippi States, you're playing the quarterbacks that they're going to be playing in the SEC. It's a huge deal. So I don't have a problem with it with people saying he should start. I think – Asking Harold Perkins to start is just a bridge too far, just a, a little bit too far, a little bit too anxious at this moment to see him on the field at all times. Because in what the role he's doing, it's is not easy. a it's not a middle linebacker role. It's not a processing role to me. It's every every highlight you've seen of Harold Perkins. I mean, obviously there have been a couple run stops that have really impressed me. I'm not saying he can't do it, but He's been at Jack at times, right? He's been uh, the sack he had against Will Rogers where he was lined up uh, behind the nose and he slipped his way in against a running back and broke in for a tackle. Those aren't the same plays that Penn and Jones are being asked to make. So I'm not, I don't like the comparison of those two um, or those groups against each other. So I think Penn is the best or is still a very, very good run stopper and a good linebacker. Um, I like him to have a good game this week. I think he ends up racks up the tackles. Jones, I am a little bit wary of. Baskerville, I need to see a little bit more of. But um, Weeks, I thought you've mentioned him before. I think Weeks has been I a like surprise. Weeks, man. I think he puts his head in there for a sophomore. He didn't play a lot at Virginia a year ago. You want to talk about a guy who will run stop or whatever you need. It seems like he'll get the gritty part of it done. Um, physical yeah. kid. Uh, this definitely he's better than I thought he would be. I didn't think he'd be playing at all this year and he plays every game. So I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's Weeks. definitely not a linebacker room where you go into it and you're like, Oh, they have these two guys and you're set, but they no. have a little bit, they have some wiggle room. They have some versatility 
And I think that's actually a good thing for this for Madhouse's defense because of the different offenses that they're going to play throughout the year. You know, Auburn will run the ball a thousand times. Mississippi State yeah. threw the ball a thousand times. And so you kind of go from there. To have that versatility is, is a really good thing. So, yeah, give me Greg Penn, double-digit tackles, book it. Oh, I thought you were going Weeks there. I, oh man, shout out to Weeks. Let's see if he can have a big game. I like our picks yeah. there. I like I our like picks. Um, like man, All right. I think. All right, we'll have to rehash this. I'm not fully confident Brian Thomas has the best stats at the end of the day, but I do think he has a good game. Okay. Is LSU going to score more than 40 points? No. Brian Kelly says nobody scores more than 40 points in New Mexico. So, If they score 40 points, like in – well, okay, if they if they – you know, block a punt or if they return a punt. Maddie B got that special teams prowess predicted right here. If, if, if that Despite happens. Despite all yeah. their failures. They'll, they'll break for it. it. I just want to see who returns punts, honestly. Is it going to be. You don't think it's going to be Greg Clayton again? Greg Clayton. I mean, again, this is the same argument I had for the Southern game is if you're going to put if you're going to play Malik neighbors or if you're going to play somebody else back there, this is the game to do it. You don't wait until Alabama comes here to, to do it. So, um, you know, I think they try somebody else there, maybe not the whole time, but maybe in the third or fourth quarter, they throw Malik out there, throw seven banks out there who was returning punts during the off season. Who knows? Who knows? I would hope they don't put a kid that's in seven who hadn't played in a year out there. He was returning punts during during the fall. We saw him. Yeah, but Gregory Clayton never was returning punts during the fall. Brian Kelly said he Sage was, Ryan. we were at practice. We never saw it. Sage yeah, Ryan. I know. Who knows? I don't know. I'd go back to Malik, but what do I know? I've never yeah, coached me. special teams. Same. All right, one thing I've never you're watching. i any position. One big, thing, <laughs> one big thing you're watching in this game. We've hit on a lot. Uh, start fast. I just want to see him. Uh, they need to be up a good bit by halftime. That Southern, let's throw out. I mean, New Mexico at least is an FBS squad that you know. Yeah, this is isn't the better same than caliber. Southern. Yeah, they're better than. But Southern. they're not great. But they're they're better than Southern. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, in the two games you've had where you actually played nor like teams that are on your level, you were dead in the first half of games. So I want to see some real production in the first half. Start fast. Let's go. I want to see it. Prove it to me. Um, I'm not going to say Garrett Nussmeyer because that would be hilarious. But talking about uh, some backup quarterbacks. <laughs> but hey, he was at Kelly was asked about Garrett Nussmeyer, and uh, he basically repeated what we said on this podcast. So, you know, Brian Kelly listens to the pod. Good for him. Well, uh, Jaden Jaden went wire to wire against State, and they were up by, you know. Okay, yeah, but that's that's state. that's state. That's State. All right. That's State. I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking for. Give me what something you, What underrated. would your reaction be, Maddie B, if they put Jaden Daniels on the bench and they're up twenty something and Walker Howard went in before Garrett Nussmeyer? I'd be a little concerned because I I think the plan is to still redshirt Walker Howard, and so you have just I don't want to say you've shot Garrett Nussmeyer's confidence, but you are you if 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 knock on wood if anything happened to Jaden then you'd be like, okay, who are we going to at this point? Are we burning Walker's red shirt? Like, what are, what are we doing here at the quarterback position moving forward? And then that would just open up big can of worms. Ideally, I still think the coaching staff wants it to be a very, very simple succession of 
Jaden Daniels, and then if anything happened to Jaden where he wasn't in, you just throw Nussmeier in and you redshirt Walker, and you just keep it very, very simple. That's the plan. But it, so if Walker went in there, then we would have a very interesting shakeup here of where the tiers are, where the ladder is at this point. So, um, I, there's a few places I could go here. Just go I was with gonna your go gut. What are you trying to see? All right, the first one was secondary. I'll go secondary here because while right. I think it was good against, it was very good against Mississippi State. Uh, there were times where Colby Richardson w- struggled in in one on ones. Um, I think he had Ra Ra Thomas a couple times, which Ra Ra Thomas is very good, but dude is a beast. Yeah, and so <clears throat> I don't want to put all the blame on him because or on Colby because he was asked to do a lot in that situation. But Colby is someone I want to see in those one on ones, uh, how he holds up here, and then just as a secondary, if they can force some turnovers, that would be a huge luxury um, for for LSU and they that that would help them put this game away relatively relatively quickly. I honestly think real quick shout out I think Makai Garden has been great this year. Like mm-hmm. um flat out I know in the Florida State game there were some throws where uh, Jordan Travis made that were on uh Makai Gardner and Makai Gardner got burnt on the uh the double move or on the reverse pass sure but I would say 90% of the time when I'm watching Makai Gardner in coverage He's holding up great. So shout out him. And uh yeah, we'll see how the rest of the secondary does. But that's kind of what I'm looking for. Seeing there's something under the radar, kind of. We already talked about the offensive line. The offensive line to seeing how they do and if they can shove them around. But yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one. All right. Um, I mean, as far as predictions go, I guess we could just do you think they they cover 31 point spread? I don't even know what the spread's at anymore. I haven't published my uh, story yet final lines let's okay for those first. I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you what the help. spread is hold on okay <laughs> i'm pretty it was, oh you want it you want to hear about a bad beat that i was going to put this into your threads there uh on the board while i look this up you want to yeah, i gotta that? charge back up the i gotta charge back up the thread i gotta post all my uh all my People bets like that. i uh i randomly threw two dollars on the final score of the Thursday night football game being 23 to 17, which would have hit for a hundred and something dollars had they not lateraled it backwards a bunch of times at the end of the game into the end zone, which gave the Browns another touchdown. And then it was no longer 23. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You bet $2 on 23 to 17 final score. Yeah. And then that happened. It was the only bet I did. That is sick. Oh my god. What was that? Uh plus 6500 L. Um, but that's what you get for betting final score lines like randomly just because I was bored sitting there before the game. Oh that would have yeah, that would have okay. won $130. Yeah. Off the two dollar bet. Thanks, thanks, Matthew, for that math. I know it oh is. Yes, that's correct. Oh, uh, let's see. Wow. One game, yeah, I'll be done for the weekend. Man, two dollars and leave. You could have quit your job if you hit that. That's right. Oof. I would have been back on retirement. Um, oh, my gosh. Scrolling, okay, well, scrolling gonna... through. It was 29 and a half. It opened around 29 and a half. It's it at uh, 31 right now. LSU's favored by 31 with an over and under of 45. So Very low over under there. Very, That's... very low over under. Again, because people are not expecting LSU to score more than – And also New Mexico, New Mexico should not score the ball. New Mexico Probably should not, not. have – a, they shouldn't break 10, but B, they shouldn't score over a touchdown. 
or they shouldn't score more than one touchdown. That's what I'll say. It could be a touchdown field goal, but no more than 10 points, no more than a touchdown for New Mexico in this game. Anything more, and I'm irked. Irked, I say. So this would be like... Like 38-7. I get it. 38-7 would be the prediction. Yeah. That's the, the, the book prediction. prediction. Yeah. Um, I'll see. Yeah. I'm cool with that range. I do think New Mexico probably scores. Like, that's a long game to just never score. Southern scored twice. So Yeah, but that's my <laughs> I don't need to rehash how that happened. But, yeah. Uh, I could see. I'll go. You know what? I'm... I'll go 35-6. Where's my phone? Let's see if they have it available yet. Um, you said thirty-five to six. Yeah, but then that's—I predicted they'd get a touchdown, thirty-five-seven. Well, maybe they went for two for for pride's sake and <laughs> just to try it. Just to just to try it. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a good range. I'll don't bind me to this because we'll have our predictions piece out this evening. Um, but yeah, I'd say something like a. Yeah, 30, 31 to 6, 31 7, something along those lines. Man, and, and we're hitting the under still at 45, comfortably on the under. Yes. Dang, I was trying to find if they had a first Fade half. us. LSU's about to drop 50 on these dudes. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. I get the feeling that this could be a low scoring game. I kind of just think LSU, you're about to hit SEC play galore. I don't yeah, know. Like She's going to just want to get out of this one. It's like Daniels hey, let's, will be Daniels let's run will be the out of the game. Bit. Let's yeah. Daniels will be out of the game if they're up four scores going to the second half. I don't think he plays. Do you take John Emery? Oh, we're wrapping up here. Do you like? Yeah, I know. We're John Emery's your best running back. You were, you know, in theory and by talent, I guess. Now he hasn't played in a year plus. Given he hasn't played that long, like, are you, should you be playing John Emery in a blowout? Like, or like. I know you bench your starters because you don't want them to get hurt and you're not disrespecting the other team when, you know, they're putting their backups in, they're getting blown out, you're putting yours in. But, like, are you going to just run, like, Josh Williams and them at the end of this game? Or That's a good question. Say, hey, look, the- we actually need to play Emory. He needs touches. I put him out there. Like, it might not be the first team O-line. It might not be Jane Daniels. It might be, you know, Chris Hilton, Kyron Lacey, and Bash at receiver or whomever. But, yeah. Is, do I mean, you play John Emery in a blowout? I, I would play him for another series or two. I wouldn't play him, like, the whole game. But, you know, if again, if Daniels goes one series into the third quarter and then, um, you know, you put in the backups and then I could see Emery staying on the field for another series or two and then go from there. Because it's, it's not like you have six backs you're trying to feed here. You have four and – you know, yeah, I just think any reps he gets is going to help, right? If he's a, a sure. year plus removed from football, he's going to need to shake off rust. I'm, sure. I'm eager. I almost picked him for one of my guys to watch. I'm, I'm eager to see him now that he's got one game under his belt. And and Kelly even talked about. It. He said before the game, John Emery, John Emery was so nervous. He was like, because man, it's like it's finally here. I haven't been able to play in 15 games. And then he said after the game, even though the final stat line didn't look like a John Emery stat line, I think he ran for like 30 some yards. Kelly said he was elated because he was like, oh, my God, it was real. I was finally back out there. I think now he's got that behind him. Like, I could see him having a big game this weekend. Yeah, me too. Um, Trying to think if there's anything else here. No, but I don't don't think so. I think we hit on everything pretty much. Yeah, we've rambled for a bit at the end, but that's all right. 630, SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus, whatever they call it these days. 
streaming. Plus, Network Plus. There we go. Which would really right. be, I guess, about 639 if you're running late. Yep. Um, check out the final final line story that I will have up here soon once this is live and to the public. We will start live streaming these at some point. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all those socials. Um, or you could, uh, I think you can press the bell notification on YouTube if you want to be notified for when we post a video or when we go live. That would help as well. But yeah. Go and we hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube, right? Did we talk about that on the pod already? We, we didn't. We didn't. I think last time. Oh, got the Bingo Tiger Founders Club the, hat. Got the hat on. It's in. Um, I, I don't still think have talked... one, so whatever. I don't know how you don't It'll come. have one. I, I signed up for it. It'll come. We're at uh, 1,010 subs. Yeah, right now, okay. So. Keep following us on YouTube and Spotify or whatever y'all do. Yep, yep. Great day. Great day over here at Bengal Tiger. As we continue to start this thing up, man, we're still in our first month, which is crazy because it feels like we've been here for a while already. So, all right. That's all we have for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, again, if you are not a subscriber to the Bengal Tiger, become one and get one of these hats. These nifty hats. Yeah, Very it's a nice dollar for a year and you get the hat included. So basically, if you want the hat, pay a dollar for it and you get a whole year VIP membership to right. month three. Why, why would you do that? Right. So, um, yeah, there you go. Point. Selling point. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Uh, but yeah, we thank you all for joining us. Again, subscribe to the YouTube. Leave a like, follow, comment, share, all that stuff. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you listen on Spotify, um, that's going up as well. The, the five-star ratings that we're getting, we appreciate those on Apple as well so thank you all for joining us you can follow us on twitter at shay dixon at matthew bruni underscore but yeah we will talk to y'all later madness is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed it's time to go dancing on america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 dollars in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 